you're sipping on. You want to know what it is? It's has like first when you take a sip of it, it's super sweet, and then it just turns real bitter. The blueberry flavor is so extreme that it's like artificial flavored to the max. Like it tastes like like anything that's like blueberry fla- flavored, like quote unquote. Yeah. Where did you get this from? I never heard of this. <laughs> I got it from our uh, trustworthy buy right. Okay. Um, I had bought like a few, like probably back in December, I bought the Jersey peach wine. Same, and, same, same brand. Same brand. And I brought it over to my friend's house for the finale of the bachelorette. And I was like, Oh, we can drink this peach wine and be basic. And, um, I am not a fan of the peach wine. It's like super, super sweet to me. Um, but all of the like people that tried it were like, oh my God, this is so good. I love this wine. So then I bought it again for the Bachelor premiere. And while I was looking for it, I had to like, go up and ask someone because I truly didn't know like where to find this this Jersey wine. And <laughs> um, he was like, oh, it's over there. And they had like a whole section. It was like Jersey peach, Jersey blush jersey um blueberry jersey like i think there was a strawberry so i bought the jersey peach and the jersey blush and then sandy bought this jersey blueberry because she wanted to try it mm, gotcha so. guys if, so guys this is bruise on film if you didn't know what you're listening to <laughs> and we me and mike are recording um in our respected homes um you know how it is um and uh, so we're drinking different things but so that's we're talking about what he's drinking yeah, so so i don't know how to ex- explain it yeah this, it's so, so mike Blue. is on a wine vibe yeah always i'm on still a wine doing vibe. beer i have to say so we're recording over skype because famously google hangouts decided to not be a thing anymore in the middle of when people needed it most they were gone type of Deal. So the things we lost in 2021 was literally, we already lost RIP to um, Google Hangouts. Yeah. Um, but Skype, the video, I feel like is much clearer. I don't know if that's because I, if that's because you're in a, in a spot of your apartment that's more Wi-Fi inducive or if that's uh, just Skype itself. No, we have, well, we have the, now we have a new Wi-Fi extender. So literally everywhere, ever since, like, whatever, since, like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Which I think we, yeah, we did one over um, Skype at that, or like Google Hangout at that point. Um, but ever since then, like every where I go, it's like the Wi-Fi is fine. <laughs> you are, <laughs> you are Google, 5G. Google Hangout, Google Hangout like kind of suck, like their image sucked. Yeah, like, it was always super grainy and would pause like whenever it felt like it. Yeah, Skype is nice. Like I feel like I'm there with you. Yeah. <laughs> Me as well. And I like that I can like, so you're, you're, I have you at a screen like where I can't see me. I just see you. Yes, and me I'm too. like moving. I can, I like that I can like move the size of you. Like I can make your head like real, I can make the frame. So it's like really skinny just on like your left eye or oh, wow. like I can make it bigger. <laughs> you want to know what I like? I like that there's this option down here where I can hit this button and then you get a little reaction of me clapping. Did you see it? No, because I'm not in the app. Do it. At, oh, in the. Oh, now I see it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's a that's a sarcastic face. It says. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I have that. I just. Oh, I do. So. so oh, okay. You're you're honestly okay. Wait, 
your I feel like the thumbs up emoji is like your emoji. I associate it the thumbs my... up emoji with you. You're Lisa Barlow using the thumbs up emoji <laughs> for everyday conversation. It is literally, I do use the thumbs up emoji all the time. Like even at work where we use like Slack for basically everything. And like when on people's messages, you literally can just like, if they're like, oh, can you do this for me? You literally can just do a reaction. Uh-huh. Like you could do any, like the, every emoji ever you can do. Yeah. But I, all my emojis are, everything's just like, did, did, did. And then when <laughs> I want to, when I want to like, sorry, the, the guys, that was me doing the thumbs up going, did, did, did. Um, and then like, so like half my conversations are like just people saying stuff to me and me not answering. Cause I'm like thumbsing up to them. Uh-huh. Um, and then like, also when I like, text well like when I message people sometimes like I'm just like I don't want to do a smiley face at the end or something so I'm always just like thumbs up uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what's super weird is that in all of my professional career in all of my 26 years of being a professional um I've never worked for a place that used slack really yeah all, every single place I've worked for has used slack which like is strange to me because I feel like you would think that like guys not to brag but like the places that i've worked for like would are like big companies that you would use yeah but slack. you use teams and that's like yes we're in on, its we're on teams if we're you, on teams that should have been on their list for iconic uh 2020 things oh that should have honestly that was like something that hurt me in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> like you hear it in your in your nightmares god i really did i'll tell you what i did uh um okay um is there anything are you watching drag race are you are you caught up on drag race i'm not caught up on the most recent episode so i have to watch it maybe i'll watch it today are you live laugh loving well i only watched the first episode and i didn't live laugh love that i thought it was stupid Um, it only gets worse it gets worse yes oh god the okay, co- so... the kookiness that unravels is truly like I it's head scratchy to me. It doesn't make sense. Oh man. I can't okay. wait. I can't wait for your for your uh reaction to it. It will okay, I I'll fe- probably I, watch it tonight. I feel like it will not be the 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 the, the thumbs up guys. <laughs> yeah. It might be more of a womp womp. Um but I mean, I in the from the first episode, I liked a lot of the queens. Yes, that's but that's that what, like, what's annoying about it is that the queens are very enjoyable and very good. I don't know why we're doing this weird, this weird thing. You know, um, it's very much like in like on other reality competition shows, like a Big Brother or a Survivor, when like things are fine. Like you don't need to mess with them. Like stop doing weird twists because it just like ruins the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and that's how I feel about this. It's like, if this doesn't make any sense, I don't know why we're doing it type of thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't really know what the gist is for season. I mean, for episode two, like, I don't really know. Like, what do they, what happens? Like, what can you tell me that? Like they're supposed to vote one girl out of the lower, the, the, the lower level. The- <laughs> the pork chop loading zone um no i can't tell you anything because it'll spoil it unless you want to be spoiled no it's fine you find out very very quickly find out what like what like what What happened yeah like what like what like it opens with that whole like pork chop thing i mean other than that so i watched the whole heaven's gate thing um 
so there's Heaven Gates documentary on HBO Max, and um, I've talked about the podcast in the past. It's literally like lit all the information from the podcast, like maybe a little bit more, but it's really like almost verbatim, like the same exact thing. Um, but it is like kind of cool to see like the footage of everything and like see all of them and like. I'm not going to lie, like, when I listened to the podcast, I went in and I, like, then was researching everybody and, like, looking at these videos and looking at this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, no, I thought it was good. Um, I The only things that I thought were, like, super new to me were, like, them when they did the um, – they're showing, like, kind of how, how culture – the culture, like, kind of, like, made fun of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they showed, like, SNL clips of, like, it being made kind of like Heaven's Gate being made fun of and then um, the, the – people who were like the ex members who like spoke on different talk shows and stuff and like, like trying to defend it and things like that. Um, that was definitely something that I don't really think, even though they were interviewing them the whole time in with the podcast and in the show, like it's like a different perspective, I guess. Um, yeah. So I liked that. I honestly, there was, it's only a couple episodes and I finished that whatever, like in, yeah, it's I only, watched a little last night, and then I finished, I think, like, one episode this morning. Yeah, so. it's, it's only four episodes total. Yeah. Um, um, but aren't you watching the the Fran uh, Leibowitz? Uh, yeah, I finished that. <laughs> is it a docuseries or a documentary? It's a docuseries. I think it's, like, six or seven episodes. Uh-huh. Not a lot. Like You were um, obsessed last night. <laughs> I was, like, literally, yeah. I So, she is so freaking funny. Um, she's like an uh, author and like, honestly, I've heard of her name before. And there's also someone who literally has the same name as her too. There's like Anne Leibowitz or something like that. Annie Annie Leibowitz. Yeah. But she's like a photographer. Like I knew who she was, but I, and I knew who Fran, like I had heard of her before, but like, I never was like, wow. Like, but she like basically like moved to New York when she was like 17 and like knew she wanted to be a writer or whatever. And she, like, so she wrote for Interview Magazine for, like, 11, 12 years and, like, worked really closely with Andy Warhol. So she has, like, all cool. of these, like, I mean, she and she, like, literally says, like, me and Andy Andy did not like each other, like, <laughs> and stuff like that. But she has, it's, like, crazy all these stories that she has and, like, um, just, like, the people that she knew. Cause she was, like, I would just go to parties and, like, all this stuff. And since she, like, came into the city in, like, the 70s, she gives, like, a very, like, interesting perspective of, like, what it was then and, like, your expect. She's, like, the, like she's, like, New York City in the 70s was not nice and you knew that. You didn't go there for it to be nice. Yeah. You went there because it was New York City and, like, there's, like, a lot of crime, like, a lot of, like, it wasn't beautiful, like, anything mm-hmm. like that. But she was, like, it was the best place on earth but so she she has that and then she literally still she's like 70 now but like still lives there and like gives like a very interesting perspective on like things that have changed like and all of that stuff and like how certain things are like she talks about the subway system and I guess there's like this one subway that was near her house and she was like it was like this station will be closing for five months because of um for like um station not beautification but basically like that uh-huh. station upkeep or something like that and basically she said it came with like she came back whenever it reopened it's like it's that station have you seen have you ever been in the station where it literally has um the 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 mosaics of the Weimariners in the in the in the yellow suits you would 
I've I've been there many times, and I feel like it's near probably somewhere near Chelsea, I think. Okay. But um, it was like literally to install that. She was like everything else was the same. It, she was like. <laughs> There were still broken shit everywhere. Like tiles were still cracked, like everything like that. But it took five months for them to put in this mosaic. <laughs> of, course. of course. Like yeah, but yeah, no, it's super interesting. I definitely recommend it. She's so, she's really funny, like really really funny. And she's written like books and stuff too, or is it just like essays and interviews? Um, she like. She wrote a book in 1978 and then a book in, I think, in the 80s sometimes. And I mean, I'm sure she, she wrote, like, she wrote a lot of children's books and stuff, too. Mm. Um, but, yeah, she she used to, like, write a lot of, like, in newspapers and all of this stuff and everything like that, too. But I want to read her, um, like, her first book that she wrote, yeah. I think. That it's called cool. Metropolitan Life or something. <laughs> I mean, it sounds cool. I saw that doc and i didn't really understand like what it was um it's literally her and martin scorsese just like sitting around and talking and then they're friends so it's like they've done other interviews together like live panels with them together okay so there's like clips from that there's clips of them just in a restaurant talking together and then there's like a lot of just like clips of um fran when she's done she's been on bajillion like talk shows and done all this stuff um like clips from all that she was really good friends with um Tony Morrison too. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. What a life this yeah. that she's led. <laughs> Truly. And no. then to, like mad flex to just be like, yeah, Martin Scorsese is like making a documentary about me like talking about myself. Yeah, and I think that's why she was in Wolf of Wall Street, because he right. like directs it or Which whatever. I didn't know, so. and then you texted me that and I said, What? Yeah. It was like, well, because I saw it and I was like wait and then I was like she didn't write it like that doesn't make like so then uh-huh. I was like looking and then I watched the scene of her in it and uh-huh. I was like oh <laughs> you've seen Wolf of Wall Street right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. got it that's a movie that I've never revisited after I saw it the first time and I hated it the first time but I really yeah it wasn't for me um but I would love to revisit it just to like see like if I still have disdain for it um so after this movie that we're doing, guys, we're doing this 2016 documentary called Holy Hell. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, um, because I certainly hadn't heard of it before we did this whole thing. I or- never heard of it, nor did I have I heard of the cult yes. that um, it's on. Yes, exactly. Um, but I, I would love to do like like maybe like one or two months just doing documentaries. I think that that would be like super fun. And you love, I agree. You love a doc. <laughs> I love, like, I love a documentary or a docuseries like that. I would much rather watch that than literally anything else. Like, I feel like I'm learning because I feel like I'm literally, because obviously I can't find enjoyment in everything. I literally have to be, like, doing other things or, like, working. But I feel like when I'm watching a documentary, like, I'm learning a lot, even if it's, like, about someone's life or yeah. about something that, like, I feel. I am famously the Mindy Kaling tweet where she says, um, I've watched a documentary on it, so now I have a PhD in this, or, like, yes, whatever it is, yes. and that's me. <laughs> um, it's also, too, that I feel like a documentary is, um, for you, like, the actual closest that we can get to, like, a podcast that has images. Like, like yeah. a documentary is a podcast to you, <laughs> because you're famously not watching, not watching it. You're just listening. Yeah, this is true. I did watch a lot of the, um, the one that we did this um week holy Holy hell hell. i did watch a lot of it um 
because I was like, it's insane how like beautiful all of these people are. Yes. I like low key want to be a part of that. Like, <laughs> okay, well, wait, we'll talk about it. All right, um, do you want to talk about the beer? If you don't, if you don't have yes. anything else and you want to move on, I don't, I don't have any. Oh wait, um, I'm listening. To, I'm almost actually done. I texted you this morning about this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. it's called Chameleon, um, the Hollywood Con Queen, and it's. It's about uh, these two journalists, they're two journalists, and they come across this story about a Hollywood, uh, he's not even Hollywood, he's a personal trainer, and he wants to break into Hollywood, so breaking into, like, the idea of, like, training these actors that are getting prepared to do, like, a superhero movie, or, like, an action movie, or something like that, and he, this guy gets a call from who he thinks is a big, 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 big time, like, wife of the president of Viacom and uh, ends up in Indonesia and, like, he has to pay his way and he's, like, paying the driver that's, like, driving him around and he's, like, it just, it's one of these things where this is, like, the entryway into the story, and then it starts to branch out, and you realize that, like, this scam of, like, luring these people to Indonesia, and, like, this con queen has been, like, impersonating um, Zack Schneider's, um, who is, like, a very big-time, like, uh, superhero movie uh, filmmaker, director. His wife is, like, one of the people that this person's impersonating. This person is also impersonating, like, this big, like, uh, Japanese uh, heiress, who is like, I don't know. It's it's so interesting and it's so fascinating. And where I where I'm at in it, the whole like um, like motive behind it is like it doesn't make sense as to why. Like, cause because it's not like these. It's not like the person that's conning is like, oh, send me six thousand dollars and I'll book your flight. Okay, yeah, I was gonna that's like what I feel like would be the only motivation no so so then it, it like leaves these people who are conned like this one girl she's a makeup artist and she goes to Indonesia and obviously she doesn't know the language she doesn't know anything and this driver is like driving her around and she starts to like get like like she starts to feel like like she's being like abducted because like they're going and the the con queen is like calling them like oh sorry we have to cancel today's meeting but like still go to this location and like take pictures for us for like scouting locations and stuff so like yeah. it was it like that whole idea of it was, is like but nothing like ever comes of it you know what i mean like it's just like this like weird as of right now anyway in the podcast I how mean, many more eps you have 3 Okay. Um, I mean, there is eventually, it slowly, obviously, unlayers itself to be, like, sometimes the phone calls become very sexual. And, like, you know, because they're praying, they're not praying, like, this this con person is not preying on someone who's already well-established in the, in the, like, business. Like, they're preying on people who are trying to get into the business. Yeah. So these people are, like, okay, I guess, like, this is, like, what I have to do in order to, like, get my big break. You know what I mean? And a lot of... But that's literally... Okay, that's, like, literally, like, um... It's, like, anything kind of, like... We'll talk about it with it once we get to the cults, but it's kind of, like... I feel like a thing that happens in a lot of cults, too. Like, when people are, like, in them, and then... Because generally, there's someone who is the main person in power... Yeah. of, of, Of a cult. And I think a lot of it is 
they have the opportunity to take advantage of the people who honestly join a cult because they're like trying to follow some sort of mission. They li- they have something that they are need fulfilled. That's mm-hmm. like what I think a lot of people, how they just get into cults. Like yes. a lot of people are super smart and all this stuff, but it's like, they're just like looking for that one extra thing. Cause they, they don't believe that just living like a mundane life is, mm-hmm. is what is, what what is all there is like you know yep um i don't know it's super fascinating and it just is like super layered and you really think that it's like when you're listening to it and you're hearing you're you know they have like some of the people recorded phone calls with the person so like you're hearing the person like you know they think that they're talking to an assistant and then the and then the assistant is like okay i'm gonna patch you through to the ceo of Warner Brothers or whatever and then and then like it like clicks and then like this next person comes on the line and it's like this other person so it's like multiple voices that this person is like talking to and it's just like it shows you like how big this con was and again where I'm at it's like but for what like what are you yeah. actually doing I mean they break it down a little bit where like like the people who are who go to Indonesia have to pay the driver every day so then like they were like okay so if they're paying the driver every day then like essentially what this person could be doing is like 1.5 million dollars because of like how many people they actually got to physically go to indonesia and yeah. like, pay money to this driver or whatever but at the end of the day it's like it seems like the person is doing it more of just like a like the thrill of it and like the humiliation of the people that they're like conning it seems to be like the bigger reason as to why they're doing it i don't know it's super interesting i feel like you would like it a lot um just because it's like a big mystery to like unsolve and um, i really do need a new podcast so that's probably gonna be i'll probably start that next week yeah and then let me know what you think and then i haven't started listening to it yet i got both of these recommendations from my favorite murder but there's one about a um i can send you the name of it i haven't started listening to it yet so i don't know if it's any good but they recommended it on my favorite murder, uh, Smokescreen, and it's about a guy who pretends to be a priest. Um, and, like, and, like, how he, like, you know, I'm assuming, like, robs the, the, the parishioners that are attending his church, like, a lot. Um, which I, that will be my next one after Chameleon. So, those are the only things that I'm really doing right now. Okay, so let me get into, so we would, we would both be drinking this beer, but it was kind of last minute of us to record separately. But anyway. We will have the um, frittata so, one day. Yes. Um, so what I am drinking, what we are supposed to be drinking this week is honestly one of my favorite beers that I found in 2020. Um, it's by Dogfish Head and it's called the Campfire um, Amplifier. And it's a s'more inspired um, milk stout. Um, it like was only released in the beginning of October. Oh. Um, and I saw it at the liquor store and I'm like a sucker for anything s'mores. Like I like love anything that is like s'mores. I don't think I knew this about you. Yeah. I didn't well, know you were a big, a big s'mores gal. I am. I love it. Like anything s'mores. So <laughs> that's a little, that's a little tidbit about me. Um, <laughs> so I found it at our local liquor store probably in October and was like, oh, this is good. And then we, me and Vin, like, tried it and we were like, wow, this is, like, really good. Uh-huh. So then every time we go, we've just been getting more and more because we like it a lot. <laughs> and the good thing is it's a – so it's a, it's a milk stout. And, like, sometimes a lot of the times 
especially like brewer, like local breweries and things like that will get stouts from and they'll be like more imperial stouts so they'll be like eight 11 13 percent like really heavy and this is only 6.5 percent so it's i mean it's not like um like a light 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 but it's like still like what an like an other normal if we were drinking an ipa or anything like Mm -hmm. that would be um so a little bit about it so it's inspired by cold nights around the campfire this milk stout is brewed with marshmallows um graham crackers cocoa nibs um cinnamon um, Madagascar vanilla beans and smoked malt. Um, the only thing missing is a tent and a few, um, fireside ghost stories. It says, wow. this sounds really good. <laughs> um, so I don't have the bottle with me right now, but it's really like a cool design. So it's a part of dogfish head, I guess for 2021, they're doing, um, like a whole artist series. Um, and it's got this like really weird, like marshmallow cartoon thing, um, on the design. Um, and it's by the guy who did it. His name is Ryan Besh. And he like does a lot of like posters for um, art, different kind of artists and stuff. So he's done like stuff for like fish and the black keys and like things for their like, like concert boat, like um, bills and things like that. Um, oh, it does look yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, I like the colors and everything too. It's like, it's like really fun. I don't really know what amplifier or like why, that's the name of it but okay um but so sorry um let's get into some reviews okay so all these are on beer advocate so you know it could be anything Mm -hmm. 3.567 whatever um and honestly they're all pretty high it was hard for me to even find anything um there's nothing lower than three okay that was my question (laughs) Okay, so this is from someone in South Dakota, and they mm. drank it of no, on November 23rd. Dogfish Head um, Campfire Amplifier, exclamation point, milk stout, um, 6.5% ABU, pours black with a three-finger light brown head um, that left no lacing. I could say it doesn't really leave much lacing. If How it dark had, is it? Can uh, you hold it up? What? How dark is it? Can you hold it up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. V-dark. But the thing is, it's not, like, very heavy because yeah. it's, like, I think some, like, a lighter percent is just, like, a darker beer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, nose is lactose and slight chocolate. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I smell, like, more of, like, the smoky malt and then, like, a, like a, with a little bit of chocolate. I can't smell lactose because I also don't know what that Yeah, what does that smell like? like? I don't know. Just like, milk? milk? Like, milk? I don't know. Um, um, not much sweet mi- sweetness, slight bitterness, chocolate aftertaste. Excellent mouthfeel. Overall good. Um, this. <laughs> I went to Google. <laughs> I went to Google lactose smell, and the first thing that popped up was lactose smelly farts. <laughs> um, the adjuncts are well hidden. Um, they forgot to amplify it. Um, de- I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um. Decent for a milk stout, but this can hardly be considered a s'mored stout. So out of five, Mm -hmm. what do you think this is? I think that is a 3.9. 3.81. Wow. Close. Okay. Um, 
All right, let's get to another one. Okay, so this guy drank it in New Jersey. He drank it on December 17th. Um, pours a solid ruddy slash black with a quick dissipating head. Um, smell is nutty and malty and with an earth profile. Um, taste of vanilla, cinnamon, marshmallow, um, baker's chocolate. Nice being descriptive. Mm -hmm. um, um, the feel is light body with guys. a marshmallow a juicy finish. What? I said because there's a difference between baker's yeah. chocolate and, and like a Hershey's chocolate. Yes, of course, of course, you would know, Mister Grape 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 Rich Bake Off. Um, but this has a marshmallow juicy finish, which I'm like. Do you get a lot of the marshmallow taste? No, to me, not really. Um, overall, this was a very tasty libation. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> Definitely going for the s'mores taste. Overall, a really, overall, really a tasty, fun kind of beer. Out of five? Um, 3.7. That's it? Just for some, it's 4.22. Okay, that's misleading. I would have thought that the other one was higher. The other mm -hmm. review. The first one? Yeah. Um, okay... They'll do this as the last one. Um, malted milk based head. Oh, this this is from um, Steve Studnuts from Pennsylvania, <laughs> and he drank it on the twenty sixth, so right after Christmas. Shout out to Steve. Um, sh shout out to Steve Studnuts. Um, malted milk milk ball head that leaves um, little peninsula of lace, which I agree. It is. Um, there's like a little bit. Would you a little say? Would bit. you say it's a peninsula? I honestly would. I just did it, and I'm like. It it does it still is connected, like there's like a little hole, but most of it is connected, uh -huh. like a peninsula. Um, <laughs> smells like fucking candy straight up. Oh, kind of tastes like it too. Um, what with all the additives, but it's not overwhelming overwhelmingly sweet, which I agree. I don't think it's super sweet. Um, it remains a solid stout core. Um, points to that, but still. Dot dot dot. I wish more breweries could um could just make a standard um standard flavored stout. But I'm like, this is that's not what this is. This is like a marshmallow. Like this is like a s'more stout. So yeah. like you're not like what are you asking for, sir? Um, Mr. Like Stednitz. why does every goddamn beer have to have all this extra shit thrown into it? Oh my god. Um, <laughs> where does the line get drawn? Um, vanilla fostering porter. What the fuck is happening to us? <laughs> oh, it's vanilla frosting porter. Oops, sorry, that makes more sense. So out of five, and I told you nothing is less than Steve Studnuts did not disappoint with this review. <laughs> um, I say that's a 3.65. It's a 3.37. Okay, all right, all right. You want to know what that, um, that, Sounds like, and maybe it is my grandpa who's writing this review, because my grandpa's big on, like, he just wants to drink a PBR, and he doesn't understand, why are we doing all these flavors of, like, different beers, and blah, 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 and I'm like, okay. Honestly, that's his prerogative, and I love that for him. Um, I bet he would, like, live, laugh, love Queen Gambit when there, if there's so much PBR product placement. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what is this movie on Rotten Tomatoes? 
A 62? It's a 75. Okay. Um, released on May 27th, 2016, in limited release. Uh, box it's off- so crazy. I, like, think, like, it. it's, like, 2016 to me, that's, like, the year I graduated college. So then, like, everything from there, like, I was, like, that's the end, like, not the end, but it's, like, that was, like, now four years ago. Like, that feels, like, so long ago. Yeah. But, like, everything in my life before college was, like, leading up to graduating to college. And, like, it was, like, everything was, like, 2016, 2016, 2016. So it's so weird to think about how long ago it was. I don't know. It's, like, hard to to wrap my brain around it. <laughs> um, It grossed 21.5K. Okay. So, I, I mean, here's, like, the thing, is that, like, a movie like this is going to get a limited release. It's not going to play in a lot of places. It's very much yeah. like a like a, a an art house type of film. Um, so, I feel, honestly, I feel like that's pretty good for, for it. And it's also, like, literally how much money did he really spend? Yeah. Not being, like, how much money did he spend? A lot of it's, like, all footage, all footage he already, he already was had. doing anyway. Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. I mean, these are all things that we already knew about the... That, like we learn as we go through the thing the footage of michelle uh with his new followers in a hawaiian beach towards the end of the documentary was captured by cin- cinematographer polly morgan she accomplished this by hiding in bushes and described it as the single greatest challenge in shooting the documentary i thought he had like a camera on his body but then oh the ones where it was just kind of like you were seeing them oh okay yeah. okay um, all right, so let's get into this, because that's truly, like, all, like I said, like, I feel like a lot of people probably won't have heard about this or have seen it, but you should get your eyes on it. I found it to be really interesting. Um, I do, too. It's classic cult. It's classic, classic cult. cult. Um, and it's in a, it's in a place where, like, you wouldn't expect to find a cult, which is, uh, West Hollywood. Um... I feel like that's where all the cults are. Like, really? not all the cults, but I feel like all the cults are in California. Like, yes, and- yes. But, like, I feel like I think, I mean, <laughs> this is my own, like, uh, mental... You think th- the Vanderpump <laughs> crew isn't a cult? <laughs> I was going to say, I think I think the single greatest cult that's in West Hollywood <laughs> is the is the Sir cult. I agree. I agree. Um, no, it's literally le- the Lisa Vanderpump Enterprises. It's like all of the restaurants yeah. are the cult. Yes, like, they're all, and they're all in that little triangle of like of where of like Robinson Boulevard or wherever they are. Like they're all like next door neighbors. All of the the restaurants. I agree. Um, yes. So I had never heard of this cult, the Buddhafield cult. Me neither. Um, and I think what's I, I feel like the reason that you probably haven't heard about them is because, one, they're very much, like, secluded from other people, and two, nothing, like, cuckoo, crazy, violent, or disturbing yes. happens. I mean, stuff, I mean, disturbing stuff does happen, not to, like, negate any of the sexual stuff that goes on, but, like, the most of the time when you hear about a cult, it's because of, like, death, or violence, or something like that or like i mean it in this one it does happen where they kind of like dis like disassociate with their like family and stuff but they still kind of do have like it's not like a clean cut like in in heaven's gate where they're like i yeah. i have to be on the phone with someone else when i'm on the phone with you all the time yeah. and like all this stuff it's kind of more just like and i think it was like a smaller group and then i think 
the years that it was happening was like after like like I think they saw what was happening with other groups that were cults like even like the um what's it called the the what's the Waco the one in Waco Oh I uh, I don't I I, I David Koresh da- It's David, David Koresh, Koresh but I don't but... know the name of the cult Did you say Waco <laughs> Isn't it Waco I thought it was Waco Waco okay yeah whatever <laughs> Waka waka. That's what I thought of. I was like, "What?" Um, but yeah. So they like that, and then they probably saw. I mean, Heaven's Gate was like the the end of it was probably like way after. But like, I'm sure that they saw other cult stuff. Yeah. And like, you even see that in the documentary. He like gets really afraid, changes his name, like uh-huh. all this stuff. And I don't think his following was ever like super huge, and they weren't really like publicizing it that much. No. It was more like word of mouth. Yes. Um, and, and I also think that, I mean, here's like, so the, the, our entry point into it is Will Allen, who is a filmmaker and he was a part of the cult, the cult with his two sisters. And I, I, I like the fact that like, I mean, uh, judging from other cults and stuff like that, where like they completely disconnect from their family and stuff. This one, like you said, they don't. I had issue with the mom in the, like, Will Allen's mom in the documentary, like, coming on the screen and being like, I always knew it was a cult, and I never understood, like, why this happened and why my kids did it. And I I was like, they, like, Will at least did it because you kicked him out of the house for being gay. Yeah. So, like, you can't be like, I don't know. And then at the end, she's like, we always welcome them back because we always love them. And I was like, okay, but if, if you always love them, then, like, yeah. why did you kick them out of the house? Like, yeah. It was... I mean, I I did relate with the mom because I would have been like, I feel like that's how, not, I would never, like, kick a child out of my house for being gay. But, like, how she was just being like, I don't understand why they went and, like, all this stuff. Like, I feel like that would be me. Yes, I mean, I mean, that's how I feel like both of us feel a majority of the time watching cult stuff, especially like watching the Heaven's Gate stuff. It's a little harder to wrap your head around that idea than like a Nexium thing where it's like build as a self-help group. Even this, like this, I fully don't get it. And it would make me so uncomfortable to like have people touching my body and like, and yes. like being like expel and, and like the, the thought of like being in a group with a group of people in the California woods and we're all like in speedos and we're all like touching each other. And like people are hysterically crying cause they're like having like epiphanies makes me yeah. so uncomfortable that like it really, it like makes me like want to like crawl out of my skin. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's something that I'm like, I could never get to that place where like, I'm going to be like convulsing on the floor because I, I am, because this, master touched me you know what i mean like like not touched me like that but like touched you like like spiritually yeah um i don't know i feel like a big reason why kind of like cults all happened in like the 70s 80s and like early 90s was because like you could kind of like live a life and make a meaning like like live a life and like like make ends meet by just doing like menial Mm -hmm. things and then like you had like, time to be, like, well, this is my purpose to focus on this. Like, I don't think, like, realistically in our day and age that we, I mean, even next year, I'm like, I don't know how, I guess you got into it and then you start getting paid 
by getting into it, but still a lot of people didn't get paid doing that. Yeah. But still a lot of people went into thousands and thousands of dollars of debt Mm -hmm. doing that. But I would be like, if I had all the time in the world and I had time with my thoughts to be like, I really want to find whatever this higher power thing is. And I had time to just go and be free in the, in the river with, with all of my other really hot, um, brothers and sisters yeah like I think I'd be down for it but like I don't when would I have time to like yeah do that now yes well that's like the other thing is that like they basically formed their own little like living commune yeah Yeah. commune and they were all eating together all living together all working on this thing together working out I honestly <laughs> loved that it was like a ballet cult. Like, okay. the, so the leader Michelle, he's Michelle something first, and then Andreas or Andre. Andreas, um, yeah. Andreas, like later on, but he's Michelle first. So he's like, was like a. Is he, is he like from? Did they say he was from Argentina? Where did they say he was from? I don't. Or did remember. they not? Say? I, don't, I don't know if they said. I don't remember. He's like some sort of like Latin American, and uh, like he comes to. America to be well, comes to the U.S. to become like an actor, and yes. he like did. He was in um what what is it called? Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby, like for two seconds, yes. and like did like random other stuff, he, but like um, he did and he, and and porn. And we porn. find out <laughs> those visuals where I was like, whoa! I was shook. I was shook. They were also on. So basically, in 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 once we learn, like as the movie unfolds, we do find out like oh he did do porn like whatever and like we do see like footage of his actual like porno films and like they are sped up like 10 (laughs) speed so it's wild (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so he was this actor and also he was like a ballerina and like one big part of the cult is that like everybody had to do ballet and I like was obsessed with that (laughs) it's a drama club it was basically a drama club. It's a drama. Yeah. It's a drama club cult. Um, drama clubs might be a cult, a cult to begin with, but yeah, it, because even even like and when it really dawned on me that it was drama club, I was like, well, one, these people all seem very drama club ish, as in the fact that they're very artsy, they're very like expressionist, they're very like accepting of each other, they're very dramatic. It seemed, and again, I I'm not judging anyone's personal experience with. Like Andreas or Michelle, who they they he they like refer to him as master, and like he has like a direct line to God, and like can offer yeah. you this thing called the knowing, where like he touches you and you like see God. Yeah, and like so then there were so many clips of like that happening and people just like sobbing and uh, being unable and to walk. People, and I was yeah, like, a lot Guys. of people um like associated with it for like being on like an acid trip or whatever. Like yes. you saw more colors than you normally did you saw like patterns and like all of this stuff um but it it so it towards the end of the movie this one guy who's in the cult is talking about how they're filming this like movie for michelle and whatever and michelle starts to perform the knowing on him and the guy says that he's like reacting to the knowing but then it dawns on him that he's acting in this movie like as if he was receiving the knowing and then he's yeah. like okay the whole th- is the whole thing an act and i'm like bro like <laughs> like yes like also like, it's like crazy the brain is crazy guys the brain is crazy the brain like is your crazy. brain your brain you can literally teach like 
train your brain to like be like things that happened to you didn't happen or things that you thought happened to you can happen like your brain is crazy yeah and it's amazing and but you also can like literally train your brain to like be like this I'm supposed to have something happen to me now like it's like almost a placebo uh-huh. kind of thing yeah which uh and I mean to go back to what you're saying about the ballet I do love that when they move to uh where they move to Austin right um yes and they <laughs> michelle makes them build a ballet theater f- f- like f- just for them to perform the ballets and for no one else for them for, for them. them just for them, for them. yeah <laughs> um and they honestly looked good i'm they like did look they good they made their money like doing and selling that yeah like they were a, they could have just been like we are a ballet company that's literally what i thought we were gonna get into is that like they started like selling tickets to like and now the they're the famous Austin Ballet. Like, yeah. I thought <laughs> Again, guys, like, it's, I, I also, I loved how many people we got talking in this documentary. Yes. Um, just, like, about their experience and about why they, like, joined to begin with. So, I guess, like, the whole point of this group founded by Michelle was, it's, it's like a mix of, like, Buddhism and like, I guess some sort of like Christianity. Well, that's like the thing that confuses me is because like a lot of these people don't seem like, like, like super religious. They don't seem like, like there's someone who like is like looking for an answer about God. But, but, but every single time they would refer to whatever Michelle was preaching or whatever the knowing was, it was always God. And I was like, it's super interesting to me that like, we're combining, you know, spirituality and Buddhism and all this stuff. But like, we keep going back to like this one singular Christian God type of thing. I don't know. It was really interesting to me that like, none of these people were like, really seemed like they were like, like into like wanting to like talk about like a heaven or a hell or like anything like that but then it was all about like trying to get the knowing to like get a direct line with god which i don't i don't know yeah and i mean it's very interesting because like the the um what's i can't the the guy who's the main guy of the thing will Will, his sister and his two sisters they came from like a catholic background but they weren't like into church he was like i'm gay i knew that the church like didn't really care but like it, it's it's a different. I think it is very much like the other thing, like finding like your some sort of there's some sort of other purpose, other something in life, and that just like holding having like a god. Even though I I don't think it's like God that you would think of if you were Catholic or right. anything like the the Jesus God, like the Holy Spirit. Like I don't think it's that. I think it's like something the, the completely purpose. different. Yeah. And it and well, here's also what I want to say. Is that if you're ever in a group and someone tells you that you have to refer to them by master and it's not like a consensual like thing like that, um, you're in a cult. And number two, if um, if a wannabe filmmaker starts to film weird commercials for the person that's in charge, I feel like is also a, another sign that you're probably in a cult. Because yes. 
it was building, and I was like, I know where we're going with this. I know where we're going with this. Will is gonna be the 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 Mark Vene- the Mark Mark Vicente, Mark Vicente of, yeah. of 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 uh Budafield, and then slowly but surely it starts to like transition into weird um like cartoons and like Michelle standing in like a riverbank and like things are swirling around him and I go, here it is. And then Will is like, and I became the videographer and I was like, there it is. There yeah. it is. Of course you did. Like, of course. Well, he's like, I went to film. So I got kicked out because I was gay, went to film school, but I still didn't know who I was. Like I yeah. still couldn't find myself. And then his sister was a part of the Buddha fields and he joined and then he was like, blah, blah, blah. But so basically the Buddha feels like the whole thing is that everyone is young. Everyone is literally beautiful. Yes, that was like, the thing that, so that, that they said that, uh, I think it was, um, Mark or Will's sister said at that one point was like, he didn't like people who were overweight or people. Yeah, no, or... There was no fat people. They said there was like yeah. no, like overweight people at all. He didn't like them. Like he wouldn't let them in. Yeah. Um, and the thing they, they were on like, all ate really healthy they didn't drink they were all on like really rigorous like um like workout schedules and like things like and they were obviously doing all their ballet (laughs) god the idea of like just being forced to do ballet is like i think that that would be like also a red flag for me like showing up and being like okay but you also have to do you've never trained as a professional ballet dancer in your life showing up here and now they're like okay but every single day you have to take a ballet class um yeah and i feel like a lot of, they said it in the doc like people who weren't like have never done it, they were like i dreaded it so much it was literally the least like it was like being back in school again and you were in a class or doing like in gym class and you were like bad at everything <laughs> did you ever do ballet yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would have enjoyed it. I wasn't great at it, but I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. I I will say that um as I feel like as far as like cults that you like could see yourself accidentally joining, I think Nexium is probably number 1 because it's so much more of a self-help thing, but I could see like like some people like genuinely joining up this thing and like not really like seeing the, the 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 red flags yeah but i mean i would see the red flags like the minute that they were like i'm fleeting and i'm changing my name and so like so once like the waco stuff happened like he was like getting concerned that like the fbi was gonna come after yeah. him it and was things that, like that 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 uh cult awareness group which i yes, which, i want to by rick up. ross rick ross who we know plenty of from um is it Nexium? I think so. Rick Ross? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But super... Oh, no, I think it's science, or is it Scientology, too? I don't know, maybe both, but... He does all the cults. Um, no, but he's, like, the cult awareness guy, like, and yeah. he's, like, the biggest guy to, like, call out all the cults. How do we work for them? I don't know, but I'm, like, want to. <laughs> um, uh, but it's so... Yeah, I mean, they start to, like, get concerned because of their being called a cult. I want to talk about um, Michelle and his plastic surgery. I also want to talk about that. Okay, so basically, again, they are all beautiful. And Michelle, he is also, he's much older than all the people there. Like, What's his age? Don't know. I don't know. Like, they're definitely, so when, I don't even know when Rosemary's Baby came out, but, like, he was probably, like, in his, like, 
20s then and that wasn't that like in the 60s or 50s it was the 60s yeah yeah so now we're in like the 80s or whatever so he's definitely 40 maybe 50 yeah. at that point 80s 90s like um and he's like in great shape all uh-huh. this stuff because but then once the they went to texas it's from all the ballet and he's always at the gym and uh-huh. doing whatever um and then they when they go to texas that's what it starts coming out like oh like he definitely well one he wore makeup all the time though there was one girl and she was like i saw him literally like we were in a pool together and his like eyelashes were just like coming off of his face that was rada like, and i want to say i fucking loved rada i loved me too, rada. Yeah. i loved rada and i loved vera vera i felt so bad for the things that Is she Vera the one who was the pregnant one yep Okay, yeah. So that was also so terrible, too. So Vera was basically, like, had, I think, gotten pregnant with not someone in the in the group. They're not supposed to. So the whole thing is they weren't supposed to have, supposed sex, to have sex either. Because, because like Michelle said so. What? Because Michelle said don't have sex because it'll, yeah, dist- it'll yeah. distract you. Yes. Um, but so I guess she got, pre- I think she got pregnant with someone not in the group. Right. Went to him. And he said, you need to have an abortion. And she basically did it. And then she got pregnant again with someone who she was like very much in love with inside of the group. And she thought she was like, well, maybe because it's inside the group, he'll say yes. And she said, he said, no, get an abortion. She got another abortion. Mm -hmm. Like she was also the one that um, her dad was in the hospital and he wouldn't let her fly to to, like go see him. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Vera, I felt so bad for, but Rada, Rada was a character. I really enjoyed her when she was talking about that eyelash and she was like, and I kept trying to go like this to like cue, cue him about the eyelash. Um, yeah, he wore tons of makeup and, and also had people in the cult go and do the plastic surgery first so that he could see like what the operation was and what it would look like. He also had like, like even, um, Will said, like, uh, not only was he his videographer, but he was part of, like, his main crew who were, like, his masseuses mm-hmm. and things like that. Yes. Um. So on top of all this, when they, like, so the whole knowing thing that happened, like, one time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, so then that didn't happen. So I don't know what else they were, like, doing. Yeah, I, it seemed like they were, it was mostly, because they kept talking about how they loved doing the acts of service, which was just them, like, doing deeds, like, around the house, it seemed like. Yeah, Um, yeah. I did love, I will say, I loved when, um, there's this guy, Julian, and he talked about how he wanted to do something nice for, um, Andreas, Michelle, whatever, so he would, uh, make fruit salads for him, and the fruit salad art was beautiful! Beautiful. (laughs) I was like, if he had an Instagram, that would be, like, viral as anything. Like, they were amazing. Incredible. Incredible. And then he said that he found out one day that um, Michelle wasn't even eating the fruit salad. He was just uh, putting it in a smoothie. And I said, that's terrible. So that would ruin my, my like, spirit of, like, who this man is. He's very scary. He, uh, he has a way of looking into the camera that is, like soul piercing who um michelle michelle yes yeah he also definitely has like eyeliner bottom eyeliner like um tattooed on (laughs) yes there's something going on with that um and i think that that you i mean i've i i assumed that this is where it was heading was that he uh michelle sexually abuses the the men in in the group yes 
Yes. Um, so, so basically also on top of like them doing their service and doing whatever they have to go to, he, Michelle is also like a hypnotherapist. Yes. And they have to go to therapy where they mm-hmm. members have to pay $50 yep. to go. And I'm like $50 for an appointment in even 19, like 80 something. Yep. That's like, a lot of money yeah. when they're going like once twice a week yeah these people so were we... probably fucking exhausted because they they were they were saying that they had full-time jobs in order to pay the yeah. rent on like where they were living also like doing their acts of service also doing like their group classes with michelle then doing the ballet also classes doing their ballet. And, then doing the ballet, and then going to the paying fifty dollars out of their hard-earned money that they have to like put towards rent or whatever to go to these individual hypnotherapy sessions like it's that's a lot like it's it goes back to what you said famously when we first started talking about Colts and Nexium and you said I don't have the time. Like it's literally that's the same. I mean, even what I just said before, like I, if I had the time to be there and be like fully there, but I will never have the time. My mind is always like I have seven hundred other things I need to be worrying about. Yeah. So like, but yeah, and but I think that's that is a. That's the reason why cults, like, kind of brainwash and stuff, because they literally, one, make you so tired that it's, like, you don't even have time or, like, the effort or energy to question things. Mm -hmm. And also, if no one else, it's also, like, a very much of the group mentality thing. There's, like, a bunch of, like, studies on that, too. It's, like, if, like, what even if someone thinks something's wrong, but, like, if everyone else is, like, this is right, this is right, this is right, like, it's, like, 70% of the time, like everyone's just gonna like agree yeah so we come to find out that in the in those individual sessions he was uh sexually assaulting and raping um these uh young i mean these these young men that were part of this of this cult um yes uh, meanwhile he's telling like one of the guys he was like telling him like I have really I like have feelings for one of the girls. Chris, that was and, Chris. And then he would go, Michelle would go and tell um the girls being like, Oh, don't don't like flirt with him, don't do any like you you can't be in a relationship with him, like yeah. like whatever. Which you know, thank thankfully, um, because that that's that uh Chris and then Sophia, who was an actual ballet dancer that joined this cult. Yeah. Um uh when Michelle went to Sophia and said, like, you can't, like, flirt with him, you can't talk to him, um, she, like, it, it clicked in her head that, like, something nefarious was going on with Michelle and, like, Chris, like, that that he was raping Chris. And Chris yeah. said every, every Monday for, what was it, eight years? Or it's five years five of his years life, or something. he said, yeah. Um, because that's when his therapy session was, was on Mondays. Yeah. Um... It's just, it's so disgusting and so, like, sickening. And, yeah. And and I think it really goes, I mean, I don't think all cults have, like, a sexual angle to them, but I do think that it's more times than none that that's, like, a factor. And it's, I don't know, it's very, like, it's very, it's very, it's sad and it's horrible, but it's, like, super interesting. Um because it's basically like the lead guy or the lead whoever like has they have a complex it's like they like and they think that they can 
And also, they even said it, I think, in this one, like, ima- like imagine you heard, like, every day 50 to 100 people telling you how much they loved you, mm-hmm. telling you all of this stuff, like, like how that that would obviously go to your head. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's what a lot of the people, towards the end of the movie, when they're talking about why they left, they said that, the that like, the spirituality and the cause and, like, the, the bigger meaning of stuff started to go away and it just became all about Michelle, which is something very, that's, that's cult 101 with like this stuff is that the leader just completely takes over and it's, it's no longer about whatever, whatever the reason was that, that you thought you were signing up to do, to join this group or whatever. It's no longer about that. And it's more just about the leader like itself. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's what, what they, they show with, like, the other, once, like, they moved to Austin, it kind of, like, it shifted, mm-hmm. and it's more about him, and, like, even the videos that they have are, like, more about him, and then he does La Femme Fatale. Okay, um, La Femme Fatale. Which was basically, literally, like, a song, like, mocking, like, I think he probably hated women. Yes, and, for sure. like, it was, like, mocking, like, um how, like, women who, like, or people who like sleep around, like I don't know. It, I don't. I can't even. Yeah. There's a. He like plays all of the. He like. Yeah, I mean, La Femme Fatale was a moment in the doc that like truly blew my mind, and I did not see it coming, and it was that was cuckoo crazy to me. Me neither. Yeah, that was something I was like. Uh, but okay. again, but again, fits into that cult narrative when like they're grasping at straws and they're trying to like and and they're so full of themselves that they can't see past their own ego that they're like of course we're gonna make a music video like why wouldn't we make a music yeah. video? you like you know like it's it's very it much. Is so interesting to like look at it and compare it to like a nexium where we had all of the footage and stuff of keith ranieri like literally talking and like spitting all this stuff and i feel like in this film like we did michelle like did not really speak no a a lot it was very much more like his presence Uh and like i'm sure in like whatever he did he spoke but like we didn't get a lot of like these profound speeches like we got from keith ranieri for nexium which is super interesting because i don't feel like michelle is that like interesting of a person like he's interesting obviously because of this cult stuff but like like if you went and heard him speak i don't know if you would be or if you saw him like like like, I don't know, like, like he just seems kind of like an like an underwhelming person to me, or, like, not as charismatic, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Which, yeah. Is, which is interesting that, like, all these people flocked to him to, like, for this stuff. I don't know. It's, it, is, it is really interesting. I think, I think that that's, like, one of the bigger issues that I had with the doc, and maybe it's because Will just doesn't know, and, like, none of these people know. I want to know, like, how did this, like, actually start? Like how, because, yeah. because I feel like we, we jump in it when Will jumps in it and it's already yeah. a thing. Yeah. And I want to know. But like, it's also, it's also like with this doc, I, th- I mean, with this cult, I think like a lot of, um, like, um, uh, it was like, there was like a lot of, um, emphasis on like the community that they had, mm-hmm. like their brothers and sisters that they would call them like, yeah. like throughout, like, and like, ha- like the best, like all of that stuff, which I don't know necessarily, like, I mean, I guess like, yeah, Nexium and stuff, it was like that, but it was also much more focused on like, I don't know, like Keith. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that the I last think- few minutes of this, when, so we come to find out a lot of the people, there's an email that's sent out explaining the sexual abuse 
people, basically exposing people, him. People yeah. People start to come forward with their own stories, and then people start to leave. Um, but come to find out that, like, at the time of this doc, right? Like, he's still Michelle is still out there. Like, yeah. Doing, so doing he moved stuff. to Hawaii. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, when everybody leaves, and when everybody leaves, like the thing, um, he goes into like finds like I don't know. I don't know what they go, whatever they call it. Like, like goes to Hawaii to like mm-hmm. be secure, like whatever. And Will goes with him, like, and then after that, Will like leaves mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. But so now he's in Hawaii, and they go to like as a part of the documentary, like kind of like just try to find him and like yeah. all this stuff. Um, so they go and they literally like find him on a beach with like a group of a lot of young. They're yep. all super young, yep. like people. Yep. And I think I think that that Will goes up to him with the the camera on his chest. Obviously, he can't yeah. see the camera, and is like talking to him. And I think that that is that is so scary to me. It's terrifying. Like that whole exchange that he has, where he's like, "Have you been a good boy?" And he's like, "He's like," and Michelle's like, "No," <laughs> like, "Yeah," like, "No." And he's like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, he's like, "I'm just doing whatever I, yeah. I'm just living." Literally pulls like a hilarious Baldwin and is like, "What is good?" Like, yeah, <laughs> like don't know what that means type of but, thing. But he and then but it's I, I that part was really hard for me to watch. It was just like very um like cringy because he like will it felt like three hours he just stood there in front of him and like they said nothing. Yep. You knew yep. that he was realizing he was like panicking and also Will was probably super nervous. Uh-huh. And like Will I don't know. hugs someone. Did you notice that? Like from Yeah, he hugged some girl and I was like, is that the ballet girl? I don't know. I don't know. I thought it might be. I don't know. Because it's then... definitely someone who just stayed with him. Yeah. I don't know. I thought but that's also like even stranger that like you're like, oh hey like, yeah hey girl like oh okay i so see you're still in this cult got it like hope you're doing well Noted. like i don't know um i did also i did like just to wrap up i guess unless there's anything else you want to say no i don't think so um we end with a with the iconic song chasing cars um if you don't know it google it because we can't play it on the pod um but we see it's like images of Will's like footage and it tells you if the person has stayed in the cult or left the cult. And I loved that. I thought it was so interesting. Yeah. Um, also super interesting. And I wanted to know more about her was the 87 year old aunt that was like that. Um, one of the, the young people like brought into the cult. I think it was, I think it was Julian. I thought it would said Julian like, now, like, takes care of his 87-year-old aunt who he had, like, brought into the cult and, like, took out of the cult. Maybe. There I was, don't there, know. In the, in the video of the faces, and it tells you if it stayed or left, there was, like, one yeah. old older woman. Um, yes, I saw that, yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to know who, I want to know how she feels, like, about, like, being around all these, like, 20-year-olds who are, like, gallivanting in a river. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Super interesting. Super... It was like a quick watch too. It's like an hour yeah. and forty minutes. Yeah. Um. Like definitely. I mean, it's the thing is, it's like you have to like rent it on Amazon, but you can like, like sign up for like a free thing to like watch it for free. Which you just gotta cancel your subscription. But like, um, 
I would definitely recommend it if you're into cult things. Like, I thought it was super interesting. I mean, we kind of, like, gave away basically all the plot <laughs> points. But, like, if you want to, like, look up – because, like, honestly, you look at this, like, I wanted to find out, like um, – like Michelle's age, like yeah. if he's alive, like all this stuff, and you like can't find any information on the internet about yeah. him. Yeah, which is wild to me. I don't know. Yes. Um. All right. So Harley, what are you going to give the beer? Um, I really like it. I'm gonna give it a four point two. Okay. And what are you going to give? the uh holy hell um i think i'm gonna give it like a 3.9 i'm gonna give it a 3.5 our average 3.7 for this movie highest one of cult month mm-hmm. well i mean we still have one to go <laughs> yeah so like harley said we have one more cult movie to go that will be coming at the end of the month we are taking the last week, yeah. um, next week off, so make sure that you tune in for the last uh, episode of Cult Month. It is a newer movie, and we are going to have a guest on for it, so that'll be very exciting. It's going to be super exciting because uh, I can't wait to hear Harley's reactions to to this film. For LOL, funny is if we did this, and then I and then next week I was like, okay, we're a new Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, even know what that's about. It's a, it's a it's a scary movie. Yeah, it's about Satan. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Harley, is there anything else you want to say? Um, no, that is it. Um, I hope you guys have a, a good weekend. Um, and a good rest of your week next week. Um, you know the drill. Follow us on Instagram at Bruise on Film. Um, I'm trying to pump out some different and new content. It'll be fun. I think I'm gonna, I like use Untapped um, to like rate my beers. Like I don't do it super consistently, but I might like put that in there if anyone wants to be friends on Untapped and you can see what I'm drinking and I'll try and be, like remember to post the things from the podcast. <laughs> and um, so that'll be fun. Um, and rate, subscribe. And cheers!